Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider. And you can listen to the full episode, plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. George Norrie back with you. Carla Wills Brandon with us. Carla, what do you believe the soul is? What's its purpose? Well, I'm doing a new book and I'm having a lot of fun with it. For a long time there was discussion that Jews don't believe in the afterlife. Well, that's poppycock. As far back Thousands of years ago, people have talked about some essence of soul. They may have called it different names. But going back through ancient history and looking at all of these descriptions, they match up so succinctly with some of the things that are said today. Like it's a light, uh, shards of glass. It's like shards of glass. That's a real uh, Kabbalistic sort of presentation. Um, that it's an energy level, but it's been described as something else as opposed to an energy level, different vibration, that it's that essence of us that really what we're doing is we are experiencing life and co-creating with some form of universal greater power. Mm -hmm. And so that works for me. (laughs) Is that greater power what we would call God? Some people call it God. Some people have a real hard time with that word. Um, Some people like to call it uh, an energy. People who are involved in physics have words for it. Uh, Different religions have different words, but the description is the same from religion to religion. Uh, In my last book, I looked at, um, let's see, some Middle Eastern viewpoints, and I looked at some... Uh, accounts from antiquity, and I looked at some accounts from somewhere else. I can't remember, but I looked at a lot. But, you know, what I discovered was that the wording may be a little bit differently, but it's the same thing. It's very similar. That's been repeated time and over and time and over and time again. And so people might, you know, there are some terms that have been around forever, but then there are other terms that have surfaced that people feel more comfortable with. Maybe they've had a bad rap with religion. So I decided to do this book because I think that uh, before the Holocaust, there there was real, real involvement in religion, and there was a mystical side within the religion that looked at concepts like the soul and universal power and um, sensitivities and all that stuff. And so I think that with the Holocaust, people were crushed. I know people in my family and my husband's family, it was the, the comment that we heard was, why would God do this to us? And so anytime there's a grief issue of any sort, any sort of loss, we have to go through this process of rejecting things that used to make, that we depended on, that gave us that safe feeling. And so in this instance, how can somebody watch their relatives being taken away in cattle carts or 
me, for me, hearing the stories of the relatives who were taken off or uh, spending so much time with my husband's family with tattoos on their arms. There is an understanding why it's difficult for them to even want to look at the concept of a soul. My mother-in-law basically said to me when I wrote my second book on this topic, she said, first book she said, that's superstitious nonsense. <laughs> and, and then the second, with the second book she said, I don't think I'm spiritual enough to read it. And so having worked with first and second and third generation, the feelings of trauma within our own families, the emotions can be passed on down from one generation to the next. And so that's why I think we're so stuck right now. Um, we got into the mechanical age, and people are all about looking at uh, motors and engines and making things work and tinkering. And, and then, of course, you did have a whole slew of mediums during the Victorian age who were proven out to be real frauds. And so that puts a damper on any party, so nobody's going to take a look at that. And so... When I talk to people, that's one of the things that we work on if they have a huge, huge loss. And they come in, and they're typically very angry with any, any concept of God. They think the soul is a myth. Um, and it, really, it's about anger. It's about anger, about feeling as though they were abandoned, let down. They lost somebody very close to them. In our society, it is not okay to grieve. You're supposed to have the funeral, have the relatives over, and then you're supposed to pull yourself together up by your bootstraps and go on with life, which is not the way it works. And so people, when they realize that there are all these different ideas surrounding the concept of God or a higher power, a universal power, um, or a lot of different ideas regarding the soul, it's like they don't feel stuck in dogma. And so a lot of us have watched our grandparents or great-grandparents or even our parents either get stuck in dogma or throw everything out the window. And so people just decide, okay, so maybe I will go to church, synagogue, temple. Um, I'll go, and I like the traditions, and I like my friends there. But I just can't, I've heard this from ministers, by the way, I just can't buy these concepts of afterlife, of soul, spirit, um, I just can't buy it. And that's very, very prevalent in our society. So there are those individuals who are very extreme with religion, and I think the last time I was on your show, I talked about the stages of faith, and... This isn't me originally, but I, it, I picked it up from somebody else, that the first stage is you go to synagogue, temple, whatever, because your parents tell you you have to go. Right. That's how you start. That's how you start. And then you discover there are really good cookies there. <laughs> sometimes. So, yes, sometimes. <laughs> and then you realize that you like some of the people there. And so stage two, you begin to learn about the structure of the faith, the structure of the religion, belief system. Atheism is a philosophy and a belief system. So if you're raised by parents who are atheists, there's going to still be this dogma. I don't care what anybody says. And then third stage actually is a type of agnostic thinking. 
It's about questioning. So my boys love telling me, you're a weirdo, Mom. We're, ag- we're agnostics. You know, it's kind of like, ha, ha, we're agnostics. And so I don't say to them, well, that's exactly where you're supposed to be. <laughs> At least they're not atheists, right? <laughs> well, they, if they're really in a mood, they like to tell me they're atheists. Ah. One time one of them said that, and I said, do you know what an atheist is? <laughs> But I think a lot of the younger generation right now, that's where they're at, is that, and it's part of separation, it's part of rejecting the generation before us, but then if this happens in a healthy progression, we come to terms with the fact that there is something much greater than us, and we don't even have to define it. We just have to know that it's there. Carla, how do we know that the brain doesn't react as we get close to dying and it just does these weird things, creates these images, and so we get the perception of an afterlife? Okay. I had somebody in about a year ago who was hopped up on meth. And they were talking to Jesus and they were talking to God and they were... You know, they were hallucinating. I mean, pure hallucination. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk to people who are in, you know, hallucinatory state or some sort of psychosis or uh, manic bipolar state, what I hear, I hear different stories. So my job is to step into their story and to help them find a way to make peace with their story or to walk out of their story of darkness, because usually that's what it is, and to come up with ways where they can, with peace, find something that works for them. So it's very different from person to person. So when I have somebody who's in a manic phase, and they come in and they're bouncing off the wall, and they're going here and they're going there, and and it's very grandiose, and they got the Savior thing going on, um, well, yeah, that's, that's, that is going to be different from the person maybe who I saw last week. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.